Welcome to the Inside Source from the campus of Abilene Christian University from the KACU Podcast Studio. I'm Carrie Johnson alongside two of my friends, Jalen Garrett and Joseph Chapa. So guys, how are you doing today? Great. We're finally talking about some NBA after, forget the Super Bowl, forget it never happened. We're talking about NBA today. I'm yes. excited. NBA, fav- one of my favorite topics of d- discussion. Joseph, how are you doing? Oh, I'm super excited. I Well, the first the first topic we're going to get into, I'm not that excited about, but I'm excited that not only do we start talking about the NBA here on this podcast, yes. but hey, we get a Thursday night ACU game today, so we get to do it. So yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, excited for this um, Thursday night game that ACU has tonight. A women's basketball against Sam Houston tonight. That's going to be fun. But we're going to talk about it because Joseph kind of stole my thunder on this. But um, we weren't planning on talking about this, but obviously we need to talk about this. But Anthony Davis the other night went down with a... Look at me, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> he looks... A, he. I don't know. Unfortunately, you can't see his face right now, but he looks absolutely distraught. <laughs> but... Anthony Davis went down with a ankle sprain. He's out for the next couple of weeks. I thankful for him that it wasn't any worse than just an ankle sprain because it looked really brutal. So, Joseph, as our residence Lakers fan, how are you doing? The floor is yours. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. He's cr- he's about to cry, y'all. When Russell Westbrook got traded to the Los Angeles Lakers in July, there were a lot of Laker fans, a lot of NBA media personnel who compared the 2021-2022 Lakers to the 2012-2013 Los Angeles Lakers. Fair. Let's Mm -hmm. do do a little bit of a history lesson. After that 2011 season, the Lakers acquired Steve Nash. Then the Lakers acquired Dwight Howard in a four-team trade. So I'm like, okay, you know, my middle school self, or I believe I was still in elementary, I said, okay, we got Steve Nash paired up with Kobe Bean. Meta World Peace, Pau Gasol, Dwight Howard. All right, let's do this. Injuries upon injuries. Stiff. Coaching firings and coaching drama. Down bad. Mm -hmm. And the chemistry just wasn't there. Yeah. Along with the coaching, you know, that kind of went hand in hand. So when the comparisons of those two teams, I said, nah, I'm not going to buy it. This is going to be different. You know, we got LeBron James. It's a different year. You know, That's injuries, what they all say. Recoveries, <laughs> technologies have evolved. I'm afraid that the rude awakening has started. <laughs> this year, if we do not do this, what I'm about to say. This is the most not delusional things you've ever said. We Keep yes. are Keep going it up. to end up like the 2012-2013 Lakers. What happened after that season? The Lakers in the final seven, eight games, could be about nine-game stretch, heading into March and heading heading into April. The question was, can they make the playoffs? Can they make the playoffs? And they could. And they did. Because Kobe Bean Bryant willed them to the playoffs. He averaged around 42, maybe even a little more, minutes per game. I know you guys thought I was going to say points because I know he's that great. But minutes per game. And then a game against the Golden State Warriors, we all know what happened. Prime Kobe ended towards Achilles. Folded. That was done. Rough day. If the Lakers do not shut down LeBron James, if they do not shut down this Lakers season, they will end up right where that happened. Because Anthony Davis, I, I don't care about the two weeks. I saw that live. That looked bad. Mm-hmm. It looked awful. My jaw dropped. 
he's going to be done for the season. There's no point. He's not going to come back. This two-weeks thing, all-star break, reevaluation. No faith at all. Hmm. The Lakers would have gone to the finals if they had a healthy Anthony Davis. Hmm. You have to have Anthony Davis, when healthy, is the best big man in the world. When healthy, the only knock on Anthony Davis's game is his mentality. He's got the skills. He's got the talent. He's clutch. But mentality-wise, when he turns it on or off, that's the biggest question. As far as Anthony Davis goes, thoughts and prayers with him. This is tough. It seems like, you know, I don't like the jokes of when they call him Mr. Glass or day-to-day or street clothes or all those things because at the end of the day we are witnessing one of the greatest nba talents that we have ever seen one of the greatest basketball talents we have ever seen at the big man position 6'10 265 pounds can shoot the ball hand i mean you know we can go on and on do you know his social security number i could (laughs) could, but but, but for security purposes i won't i won't continue this on this Soliloquy on Anthony Davis, and I'm going to end it by this. I'm going to throw it to you guys. I think Anthony Davis and LeBron James should really have the conversation. Well, really, Anthony Davis should have the conversation of, do I end my playing career? Mm-hmm. Because it's getting wow. to the point where year after year this is happening, and this whole notion of the Lakers should trade him, no. The Lakers should not trade him. You don't trade Anthony Davis like this you don't trade him unless you're gonna get two lebron james's or two Giannis onto the kumpos like you're just not gonna trade him mm-hmm. anthony davis you really got to consider it and i think a, a, a reason for it was that nba covid bubble championship that was hard that was hard i know people make jokes about it and again i am a lakers fan but watching through it all waiting that five month period that was tough so if I'm Anthony Davis, I love you, man. You're one of my favorite basketball players. <sighs> but I think you might have to consider and pray about maybe ending your basketball career. Well, I don't disagree because, can we be honest, have we ever really seen a player of his stature have that many injuries like exactly. that? Exactly. Yeah. Like on a mm-hmm. superstar level. You can say Kevin Durant. Yeah. But – but it's he, still not really that big man position. Exactly. For the most part, Katie knows how to be healthy. Kawhi Leonard, you can make an argument as well, possibly. Mm-hmm. He still hasn't played this season. Um, you can even say somebody like Kyrie, because he's a lot of people forget that he's had a lot of injuries yeah. as well. But for someone like Anthony Davis every year, because, Joseph, you told me a stat yesterday that he's never played eighty-two full 82 he's, games. He's only played at least 70 games in two seasons. Wow. And he's been in the league for um, when he was drafted. So about 10, 10 and a half years, about to be 11, because he was drafted in 2011, I believe. Yeah, and the interesting part is that he, he you can make an argument that he's top five in the league, but... When you have when and this has been a consistent year to year thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either him or LeBron in some cases have been out since they've joined together. And it's like one has been has had to pick up the other. But now it seems like it just feels different that 
you don't you don't know what the Lakers are gonna do. Jay Williams said something on first take and talking about <laughs> shutting down LeBron, and he was kind of uh, putting that really putting a lot of the blame on general manager Rob Palenka. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, yeah. see, he's kind of sidestepping a little bit, and he's he's blaming it on him, and and that's a totally different conversation on how this roster was constructed. Right. But I think the big theme is is. Again, I'm not trying to use this as an excuse, but when COVID shut down the league in March and then you have that five, five and a half a month hiatus, then you go to the bubble in Orlando and you're just with your team and, of course, the coaching staff. And then I think uh, towards the second round of the playoffs, your family started coming in for like three months straight every day. Like it's like if we were in this room or like we would be in this department for three months straight and they Mm -hmm. won the championship and then they only had like a two month, two and a half month break. And then they started again. Yeah. And I, I think that is also a testament to it. That was just a huge sacrifice. I'm very happy they won the championship. But now, I, I know we talked about this, Jalen. We all know. We all know LeBron James can carry this franchise to the finals. He can carry any franchise. He could have us and Hutton and Coy and Connor on LeBron James's team. <laughs> he's going to carry us to the finals. He's, he's just that dude. True, but true I think that. the question mm-hmm. has to be, Similar, again, similar to Kobe Bryant's 2012-2013 season when he said, I'm going to will this team in the playoffs. And he did. But he got he tore his Achilles for it. Right. Yeah. I don't know what you do. Um, at this point, LeBron, we're, I'm going to have to see 07, 08, 09 LeBron. Um, but, yeah, it's unfortunate to see Anthony Davis go out again. Yeah, Anthony Davis has always been a favorite player of mine. I loved him at his time whenever he was at um, the University of Kentucky. Just seeing him play was sensational. So it's really hard to see a player as talented as that go down like this. But I'm sure, Joseph, you can talk about the Lakers all day. But we have more pressing matters to talk about, which one of the big things we want to talk about today is the NBA trade deadline that happened a couple weeks, uh, about a week ago, maybe a little bit more, a little less Time has kind of lost its essence because of Super Bowl. But I want to talk to you guys about this. What do you guys think was some of the best moves made during this NBA trade deadline? Um, since, Joseph, you talked for a very long time about your beloved Lakers. Jalen, I'm going to start with you on this. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the obvious one for me was Brooklyn, Philly. And um, we've all had conversations about this. Um Brooklyn received Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two future first-round picks. Philly received James Harden and Paul Millsap. I think the reason why this is my favorite trade that I liked was because I'm someone who is looking at the long term. And to be honest, who knows what Kyrie is going to do next Mm -hmm. year? Or who knows what KD is going to do? Because, I mean, really, let's be honest. KD, you can make an argument he's – He's in his last moments to win another championship. Like he is, I think he has maybe two more years left until oh, wow. he has a mm. a big shot to win the championship because you can't win a championship with a part time player like Kyrie. And mm-hmm. same with Kyrie. Like Kyrie, at this point, no one knows what Kyrie does except for Kyrie. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> looking long term, you got a guy like Seth Curry who can shoot the ball. Yeah, there's been some questions about him defensively. You got a great post player and, and rebounder and defender in Andre Drummond, and you have two future first-round picks, I'm looking at this long-term saying, okay, Brooklyn, 
y'all y'all are y'all are safe with those future first round picks. And then for Philly, um, to get James Harden, I think that's gonna help out Embiid a lot. Um, he's definitely been carrying this team on his back this year, which we'll get into more conversations about who's the MVP of this year. Mm-hmm. And um, Paul Millsap is Paul Millsap, unfortunately. Much love, but <laughs> <laughs> he won't really make a big difference. But um, I think, honestly, both teams won, but I think Philly won in the short term, but Brooklyn won in the the long term. And there were also other wonderful trades as well but i think that trade really stuck out to me and it surprised me i didn't think the trade was going to be that quick because there was really everything was kind of up in the air with that trade and Mm -hmm. so brooklyn philly that was my favorite trades yeah i want to read this prophecy this prophetic word from not a prophecy oh my goodness famous replay operator from avery jackson at ACTV. <laughs> Shout out to Avery. This was tweeted on November 4th, 2020. Avery Jackson says, if the Sixers can actually pull off a trade to get James Harden without giving up Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, or Matisse Thibault, we are set. Build around the actual talent on this team. We're going all the way next year. We can do this. I'm calling it now. Avery, your prophecy has been fulfilled. He works for the NBA. In 2022, mm-hmm. in the month of February. James Harden, one of the best players on the planet, one of the best scorers on the planet, is paired up with one of the best big men on the planet. Lots of, lots of, I said, I said planet a lot right there, and, and, like, and best as well. But that's mm-hmm. how good they are. We've seen James Harden in the past pair up with Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Dwight Howard. Now, and then, of course, the Brooklyn Nets for a short period of time. But now, this is where he has to click. This is where he has to make it work. It doesn't get any better than this. You are paired with Joel Embiid, surrounded by Tobias Harris and some great role players like Matisse Thybul, Danny Green, and the list goes on and on. There are no excuses. You've got about a, a one- to two-year window to try and win the championship for the Philadelphia 76ers. That, I think, is the move that stands out to me because this was finally where James Harden gets to, he gets what he wants. He gets a big man. He gets his help. He's out of the Mike D'Antoni system of, I'm just going to dribble the ball in the logo for seven, eight years, waste his time in Houston. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to Brooklyn and he just doesn't want to be there. And then now he goes to Philadelphia. And now again, he's going to play after the All-Star break. But once the team chemistry kind of gets rolling, that's going to be really good. Another trade that stood out to me before I give it to you, Carrie, is CJ McCollum. Mm-hmm. He, I really like the dude. I think, you know, of course, it's hard to say us, you know, he's a great person, he's a great dude, because we've never met them. But he seems like a great dude. He's the president of the uh, Players Association, and he's also a baller. He's a great player. Oh, yeah. And for New mm-hmm. Orleans, they've got a great young talent. Yeah. It all really just depends on one guy. We already know who that guy is. The number one draft pick out of Duke University. That's Zion Williamson. So it seems like they really believe in Zion after that move. So with C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and potentially Zion Williamson coming back, that's going to be a really good young nucleus that can make some noise on the Western Conference. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with you on that one. 
Um, I feel like a lot of the trades that did happen, this trade deadline was overshadowed by that Philadelphia and Brooklyn trade because that was just what everybody was talking about. But yeah, that trade with um, New Orleans and Portland, both teams really got what they needed. So I feel like that was a really good trade. And then also another trade was the Kings and the Pacers. Um, that, That was another really good trade with a lot of really talented players going to a different organization. But there's one in particular I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit because I have a little bit of um, skin in the game for this one. Um, So fun fact about me, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast, but I am a big-time San Antonio Spurs fan. Oh, (laughs) stop it, stop it. Hey, to all my Spurs friends out there, hey, Spurs are trash, man. Spurs are trash. <laughs> we're not trash. We're just not like we so were the about. Lakers. The Lakers are trash <laughs> yeah, too. yeah. And like the Cowboys, mm-hmm. but we're not talking about. Football. Yeah, we're we're not going to talk about this too much. But one thing I really did like was it's not even. I'm not going to talk about the Spurs that much. What I'm going to talk about a little bit is Boston. What they did at this NBA um, trade deadline. So this happened um, on the Thursday right before the deadline. They um, traded Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, Dennis Schroeder. Bruno Fernando, Ennis Freedom, and a top four projected 22 first round pick. And they traded that away to get two players back, Derek White and Daniel Theus. I don't know much about Daniel Theus because he's from the Rockets. I don't know a lot about him, but one person I do know a lot about is Derek White. I saw him get drafted with the Spurs as a rookie. I um, saw him play in the NBA summer um, league in Vegas. That was the coolest thing ever. If y'all ever get the chance to do that, 100% do that. Getting to see Derek White go to an organization like the Celtics that kind of runs a similar system that he's used to with San Antonio, plus getting to join Jason Tatum, just th- that potential tandem. And so far, Derek White has been doing pretty good. He's starting to get some minutes with them, starting to be integrated with, in the lineup, which is exciting for me as a um, Spurs fan, just being able to save Spurs Spurs, former Spurs players be able to su- succeed somewhere else. And right now, the Celtics are one of the hottest teams right now. They're, though they're number yeah. six in the Eastern Conference, they're 9-1 they're and one right now. They've, they lost their last game, but they were on a nine-game winning streak before this. So I think that move to get potentially those two, um, two players, getting Derek White and Daniel Theus, I think that move will really help them maybe start itching a little closer to the top of the Eastern Conference standings. So Yeah, I think Boston's such an interesting team because I feel like they were always one of the um, most hyped teams, especially at the time when Kyrie was there. And it was like, ooh, they can get to a championship. And then I, f- I personally believe that I think when Kyrie left, they became an even better team. Um and so, and they're one of the best defensive teams this year, and they've been hot. And this Eastern Conference is tough. Mm-hmm. And so, it's going to be interesting to see what Boston does. I always love Boston. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are one of my favorite duos in the league. Um, Marcus Smart, dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dog, dog, dog. And their ceiling has always been finals or bust because in 2018, they proved Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can make it to the finals. Mm-hmm. As rookies. As rookies. Too. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that was a very underrated trade. I agree. Yeah. Um, a lot of really – Big trades happening, a lot of players moving around, but we're starting to get to the end of the season. We have All-Star Game coming up sooner oh, before yeah. we know it. We're going to be at the end of the season entering playoffs, and also an MVP is going to be chosen soon. Like, what? This NBA season has flown by, and we're going to talk a little bit more about each of those after we come back. 
All right, welcome back into the Inside Source from Abilene Christian University in the KACU podcast studio. Again, I'm Carrie Johnson, and I'm with Jalen Garrett and Joseph Chapa. So let's skip the formalities. Let's just jump straight back into it. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about NBA All-Star Game. We got Team LeBron and Team Durant. So we all know the lineups. Everything has been revealed slowly but surely. We've had a couple of things shuffling around a little bit because of injuries. So, guys, I want to get your opinion on this. Who's winning and who is your all-star game? And, Fifi, I'm going to open the floor. I'm going to say Team LeBron. Yes, sir. Team LeBron. I always go for Team LeBron, and Team LeBron always wins. Um, I guess it's just my undying love for LeBron James. (laughs) Who I have winning all-star game MVP? I'm going to say John Morant. Okay. I really love John Morant this Pending year. Pending injury. Pending injury. Health Pending status. injuries. Yeah. 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 And so, and if not him, I might say uh, DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Those two guys have been some of my favorite players this year to watch. Um, speaking on just John Morant, um, I know recently there's been this conversation between who should have been number one, John Morant or Zion Williamson. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people kind of already know this uh, answer. John Morant has just really proved that he is an elite talent and that he is a leader. He knows how to lead that team. He's one of the most electrifying players in the league, and they're third in the Western Conference. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to have John Morant as my All-Star Game MVP with Team LeBron winning. All right. You know, it's kind of a sin for me to not go with Team LeBron. But actually, objectively, I'm actually going to go with Team LeBron again. I just think looking at the (laughs) roster from top to bottom, again, the shuffling and even up until Sunday, it's even still giving more happen. Not just health status, but, you know, some players may not want to travel, may not want to play, and rightfully so because they got to get ready, whether their team looking like a championship contender and so on, what have you. But... I'm picking Tim LeBron. Uh, I'm interested in seeing, uh, I believe they're still doing the charity things. I'm interested in seeing what charities they're going to be donating to. Uh, if I had to pick an all-star MVP, I'd really love to see Luca or my mm. guy Donovan Mitchell really go for one. I think they're mm. really, I mean, all of these guys really, they're going to play on Sunday. They are really all capable of, of dropping 20, drop, dropping 30, dropping 40. Maybe a guy like Donovan drops 50 like he did before. Um, so I'm really rooting for them to really get it. I wouldn't be surprised if someone like a Giannis or a LeBron or a Curry gets it again. Um, but yeah, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. I just, part of me is wanting to pull for Kevin Durant because my boy, the Murray is on there replacing the injured Draymond Green, uh, again, Spurs fan being a little biased, but I just, I look at team LeBron and you see Giannis Curry, Damar, Nikola Jokic, and LeBron as your starting five. That's tough. Versus Joel Embiid, John Morant, Jason Tatum, and Andrew Wiggins, and obviously, uh, and Trey Young. So, I mean, just comparing those twos, you got to go with Team LeBron. Fact. Like you just you got you. It's and then also just the reserves too. Just comparing, contrasting. James Harden is on the reserves for Team LeBron. Like, that's that's <laughs> just... And he's um, going to get a lot of playing time. That's just... Well, um, actually, no, he's not, because he's, he's not going to be playing. Yeah, he's not yeah. going to be playing. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oopsies. But, yeah, it's... I I just can't find, find it in any logical sense of my brain to go against LeBron, Team LeBron, this year. 
But again, the little bias with me will be rooting for DeJounte Murray. <laughs> and yeah. then, because he's been balling out recently. He has. Yeah, uh, he has. And he deserves that reserve spot. Yes, absolutely. Replacing Draymond. I'm, I was so ecstatic when I heard about that. But my MVP, I would also love to see um, DeMar DeRozan take it because um, he's been having a fantastic season up in Chicago. Um, wouldn't be surprised if um, somehow Joel Embiid took it or Giannis took it, given their seasons. Or, honestly, if uh, Stephen Curry or LeBron takes it. Like, honestly, it's really up in the air. That's what just makes the All-Star game so fun. Going to see a lot of offense, a lot of dunks, a lot of probably long three-pointers, thanks to Curry. But, you know, it's going to be a really good game. I'm excited to watch it and just be able to have fun being an NBA on a Sunday. So, next Question kind of moving into more towards the end of the season as we start getting closer to playoffs um, and also potentially an MVP race. I want to start on the MVP race first because there's so many different guys I feel like could potentially be the MVP this year. Joseph, I'm going to start with you on this one. Who do you have as your favorite as MVP right now? And then who do you might think might pop out of nowhere and potentially make a run um, make other the top five right now put a run for their money and potentially become an MVP. Sure, yeah. I mean, I know some of the favorites and looking at the recent Kia NBA MVP ladder, it, they got Jokic number one. They got Embiid up there. Honestly, I just don't see Jokic winning back to back. I don't mm-hmm. think Embiid again with Harden coming back after the All Star break. Maybe they turn things around and then voters start to realize and point to Joel Embiid because he's having a phenomenal season. Yeah. And maybe that James Harden kind of adds to that if they get into the win column. Really, uh, I'm really just gonna go. I gotta go with Giannis. I don't really see anything else that really stands up to me. I think Chris Paul. Well, that would be really nice. I mean, Chris Paul really. I mean having him as an MVP, that would be awesome for the league. Everyone loves Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. If I were to pick a surprise person, I'd have to go with maybe a John Morant coming out of injury, mm-hmm. uh, depending on his health status. Um, but that's really what all stands out to me. I, LeBron James isn't on here, so I'm not really now nah, implying. But if I had to pick, I'd go with Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> as my MVP um, right now. Mm-hmm. Now, LeBron, he's in my uh, honorable mentions thank you yeah i mean he thank doesn't you. he doesn't have crazy stats he is averaging 29 7 and 6 he's in his prime baby yeah so, Always in his so, prime. so he's <laughs> and i'm gonna be honest it's not those are numbers i would expect for him so yep. it's not like i'm wowed by him because this is what he does every year but i will say currently my mvp candidate this year right now is joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. he was on espn sports center this morning and he talked about how um, him and how he has a lot of respect for Jokic, but he pretty much said his numbers kind of speak for himself, but he's still focused on winning. And it seemed like this year he's done a lot less talking because we, we know Joel Embiid. He's a guy who loves to talk, mm-hmm. but it seemed like this year he's been in a different mental space. Um, he's letting his stats do the talking um, he's somehow, even without Ben Simmons, has kept the Sixers afloat. Um, they're currently fifth in the Eastern Conference. His he's averaging twenty. He's averaging. Oops, excuse me. He's averaging twenty nine, eleven, and almost two blocks. That's insane. Like he's he has been the example of what an MVP is like. And Joseph, you talked about it. Now that he has James Harden, I think that pressure will come off of him. 
because you obviously have an upgrade from Ben Simmons. You have a guy who's not only a great scorer, but you're a guy who knows how to handle the ball as well. But right now, Joel Embiid has been playing out of his mind. Um, he also mentioned on SportsCenter that his health is what is going to get him that MVP. Exactly. And mm-hmm. um, I would say for the most part, he's been mostly healthy throughout these past few years. Um He's been playing out of his mind. An- another honorable mention, um, while I think Joel Embiid will, is my MVP right now, I think um, you also said John Moran, but DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. I, right now, you, I feel like he's been going crazy. He mm-hmm. Last night, um, he broke a, work, a record by Wilt Chamberlain for having the most consecutive games shooting 50% or more. Yeah. Like, and Chicago's actually a really good team, Mm -hmm. a really, really good team. And DeMar DeRozan has been playing out of his mind, averaging 28-5-5. He's, you can make an argument, this is the best we've ever seen him, even in Toronto. And so, honorable mention, I'll say DeMar DeRozan, but currently, right now, Joel Embiid. I like that. Yeah, um, for me, you guys honestly took all my opinions from this one. Um, I think it's really going to come out down to Joel um, Embiid or Giannis. Like, I would love to see either one of those two. I love those guys, so I would love to see if they won MVP. But, Jalen, to add on to your point, just DeMar DeRozan, there's just something different about him this year. Partially me wishes that... I he started doing this when, about a year ago while he was still in San Antonio. That's that's, that's actually tough. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm seeing him being um, successful right now, and I'm like, man, I love Demar Derozan. I love everything about his game. I've loved him since he was even in Toronto. Um, so, but seeing him playing the way he's playing, I feel like he could potentially surprise a lot of people. And the fact that the Bulls are the number one team in the Eastern Conference right now, and We've talked about it. The Eastern Conference, it's finally starting to match up to the difficulty and to the competition of the Western Conference. And I've been wanting yeah. that for years. And just the fact that the Bulls are the t- in the top of this conference, the Heat are right on their tail. But the fact that the Bulls are the top of this conference and DeMar is part of that and he's one of the main orchestrators and leaders of that right now at this moment it's definite. I would definitely love to see him get the MVP. I don't think he's gonna get it because um, the Bulls are not as like big of a flashy team as like the Sixers are right now or the Bucks are right now. Or and I also wouldn't be surprised if by some reason LeBron James or Stephen Curry somehow gets it because they're LeBron yeah. James and Stephen Curry. They're gonna do them. But um, I would love honestly all these MVP candidates right now that they let mention the top five ladder. Would love to see any of them get it. But then also seeing. Jamar, um, John Morant, just anybody who's been having a great season, I feel like would be amazing to see as an MVP. And we'll be really surprising. I'm going to be really excited, and I will definitely be tuning in whenever that announcement is made. So last little thing we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about postseason. And because, again, we're slowly but surely inching very, very close to it. It's going to be within the – it's going to be here before we know it because it's – it's over a month from now, but it's going to get here in in a, in a flash. So my last question for you guys is, um, are what teams have the best chance of winning the championship 
right now. We just went through the whole trade deadline. We had a bunch of movement happening. Um, so with that in mind, which teams do you guys think will have the best shot at winning this year? I think um, right now in the for the West, Phoenix. Phoenix mm -hmm. looks confident. Yeah. They, they're 48 and 10 right now. They look confident. They've been on a nine-game winning streak as well. Um, they look confident. Uh, Chris Paul, who's also who's also kind of been in the MVP race as well for some reason. But mm -hmm. I mean, Chris Paul does Chris Paul mm -hmm. every year. Averages he'll give you sixteen and ten every year. But that duo of him and Devin Booker tough. They yeah. have also let's not forget DeAndre Ayton as well. Who I often sometimes forget that he was the first overall pick. And yeah. I think he has definitely lived up to his first overall pick. I didn't think him coming to the league, he was going to be a big superstar. But I thought he was going to be a really great big man, one who just adds that inside scoring and that defense. In that defense, and so Phoenix right now looks amazing. They look confident. Um, they look like they're playing like they have something to prove because I think a lot of people wanted Phoenix to win the championship as well. And now that Phoenix is kind of back after the um, Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire era, yeah. um, it's great to see Phoenix playing confident, confidently as well. Um, let's also not forget Golden State, too. Um, now with Clay back, um, Golden State, they've been in, in a little bit of a um, bad stretch here and there, but... Also, I'm glad to see that Clay's back and that he's adding another scoring option for Steph because it seemed like Steph was just kind of carrying to a degree as far as like scoring wise. But now that Clay's back and you have uh, Andrew Wiggins and Draymond's coming back from injury as well, and James Wiseman is also coming back from injury as well, Golden State's also to watch out. And for Eastern Conference. Oh. Shy town. You're wrong. Oh, Shy right. town. He's confident. Joseph will owe me $20 in the summer. <laughs> Chicago Bulls. They are tough this year. DeMar DeRozan, possible MVP candidate. Zach Levine yes. is also hooping as well. Nikola Vucevic, also hooping. We have to get Chicago some credit. They were down bad these yeah. past few yeah, years. Yeah, they were. Down bad these past few years. But in a seven-game series, they're going to beat Giannis Antetokounmpo? They're going to beat never, the Philadelphia I, 76ers. They're going to beat Jason Tatum. I, I said that they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I didn't say they so were going to win. So they got to probably at least two of those teams that I just mentioned. They can't. I don't it's, think they can do possible. that as of right it's now. It's possible. If the Lakers can go to the championship, Chicago can go to the well, Eastern Conference Finals. Well, the difference is the Lakers had LeBron James and Anthony – well, had Anthony Davis, but they do have LeBron mm, James. But, <sighs> yes. but also in the Eastern Conference, Cleveland – Cleveland, of yeah. All, of all teams. Wrong. Cleveland. Like they've come out of nowhere this season, exactly. honestly. And they just got Karis Levert as well. Mm -hmm. So Cleveland is kind of a dark horse a little bit. But it's also great to see the Eastern Conference back competitive yeah. within their own conference and um willing to challenge some teams. But those are my two teams from each conference who Whoa. have who I really love to see make something happen in the playoffs. Well, your mm -hmm. Eastern Conference picks are totally wrong. Uh, I mean, the Chicago Bulls and the Cleveland Cavaliers, they just don't stack up against Miami Heat team, who, again, they lost in six games to the Lakers in the 2020 NBA championship. So you, so they you can, should hate they can, them. They can go to the finals again if they want because that, it's that Heat culture, and Jimmy Butler is very underrated. Milwaukee Bucks, 
Don't need to explain that. Philadelphia mm-hmm. Sixers, don't really need to explain that. And we haven't even seen what they're capable of with the new team. Boston Celtics again, and even a team uh, like the Brooklyn Nets. Let's not count out Kevin Durant. Yeah. I know he's got part-time Kyrie and Ben Simmons. As you don't know what's going to happen. But out east, the Chicago Bulls and the Cleveland Cavaliers, they are outstanding teams. I think they can win a playoff series. But not against the star power in Giannis or Joel Embiid or Jason Tatum or even Kevin Durant. So you're wrong on that. If I had to pick a team out the east, I still got go, to roll with the Bucks. We got to see what the Sixers and the Nets are going to give us. Going out west, now this is where I agree with you. I think now with Phoenix, and you made some great points, but also Cam Johnson's having a career year. All of his stats are up. JaVel, the addition of JaVel McGee has really helped them because they needed that backup center, especially when you play against a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, who now just got bigger with Serge Ibaka. They're really going to need a guy like JaVel McGee. I'm, I guess you can say I'm rooting for the Phoenix Suns because I think what their culture and what, they're, what they built is really good. Golden State Warriors, it all just depends on Draymond. We all know what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. That was a team I was fearful of if the Lakers were going to make a finals run, but that's over. <laughs> Looking at teams like the Jazz, I just don't think Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert mix. It's going to be that same song and dance where the Jazz are going to get bounced again in the middle of the playoffs, and the, and the Jazz GM, what is he going to do? Uh, as far as the Memphis Grizzlies, I think John Morant's having a, a career year. I mean, this is outstanding that he's doing. Other than that, again, I don't think they have enough pieces. I don't think they're ready, but they're going to give the top in Phoenix and Golden State uh, some battles. Dallas, Denver, the same thing. And just imagine if Paul George and Kawhi were healthy, I think we might be having a different conversation out west. Yeah, Yeah. Um, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to make a fun little finals prediction oh, no. or who I would like to see oh, no. personally okay. in the finals. Um, for me, in the East, it comes down to two teams. I would love to see the Chicago Bulls yeah. or the Milwaukee Bucks in the finals. Okay. Yeah. I would love to see either one of those two teams. Realistically, I think Milwaukee's going to go be going back to the finals again. Yes. Um, but I would personally just love to see Chicago because they've been having just such a good year. Do I think they have the potential capability to beat the Bucks? Yeah, I have faith. Oh. I have I have faith in DeMar what? DeRozan. I have faith in DeMar DeRozan. Oh. So I would love to see a matchup um, either. I would love to see Chicago or uh, Milwaukee. Who knows? Philadelphia might surprise us, especially with the addition of James Harden. Who knows with Brooklyn, with Kevin Durant. They're not in the top five right now, but they might be – they might be able to swing things around. And because, you know, Kevin Durant's going to be Kevin Durant. Um, But no matter what, the East is going to be competitive. So excited to see that. But then out West, you have guys talked about it already. But as one who grew up in the peak rivalry between the Phoenix Suns and the San Antonio Spurs, oh back Lord. whenever we had, um, whenever it was Steve Nash, Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Manu, yeah. all of those. And you guys were good. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you just have to say that. You just have to say that. But I love seeing a Phoenix Suns team that is back in the top of the league. Because the Phoenix Suns is just such a fun organization to watch, and they've had a good history. I mean, we go back to Charles Barkley playing there and everything. I would love to see Devin Booker, Chris Paul, JaVale McGee. Like, JaVale McGee, guys. (laughs) Potentially being in the finals. Imagine it. I would love to see uh, the Phoenix Suns. In the finals, because I've just I feel like we've been so bogged up with the constant of oh Golden State 
or like LeBron constantly going to the finals and stuff like that. I feel like it's been like that for the league in the past for the past five or six years, and honestly, pretty much whole decade. Yeah, um, that honestly, I felt like that flipped a switch back whenever um, after Spurs won in twenty fourteen. I feel like that flip that switch was flipped, and now we were either just seeing the Warriors or LeBron. But I want to see all these new teams in the finals. We started getting a little bit this um, this past year whenever Milwaukee was able to take it um, for the 2021, um, 2020-2021 season. But I would love to see a good old Phoenix Suns in the finals. Personally, my favorite, what I would love to see, would be Phoenix Suns and Chicago Bulls. I know it's two number ones. It's probably not going to happen. But I... It will. <laughs> I'm with you, Carrie. We, it's going to happen. We got to manifest it, Jalen. We got to manifest it. But it's just will be really exciting to see all these different teams that have been down for so long and we just have been bogged down by seeing the same players constantly in the finals, finally getting these new players involved in everything and all these different or, new or, organizations, not new organizations, but organizations who haven't really been in the finals in the past being in the finals. It's just I am hope. I'm hoping that we'll get back to the NBA that we saw back in the 2000s and with different teams constantly being in the finals, and that would be a sight to see. Well, I think that's all the time that we have today. We had a lot of fun talking about everything and anything under the sun that it comes to the NBA. Thank you for tuning in with us this week and for this episode of the Inside Source, and hopefully we'll catch you on the next episode. Go Chicago Bulls. Go Chicago.